At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. Operating out of Burlington, Vermont, 105.9 The Radiator. Good evening. It's the Rocket Shop. I'm your host, Tom Proctor. And with me tonight is Ivor May. Hello. How... <laughs> it's always good if you get in front of the microphone and speak. Um, how's it going this evening? Well, we always like kicking off with a song. So that's your cue. Uh, could you introduce your first one and play it? Play us for it.
Ever made there with the truth of two. That's a gorgeous song. Um, would you mind telling us a little bit about it? Uh, tell us a little bit about the history and how you came up with it. Um, that one, I guess I sort of wrapped that up into that's sort of my own version of a response to the whole Me Too movement, I guess. Um, most of my stuff doesn't get really political. I feel like I write from a really personal place um, based on my own relationships. And so I think. I think I was inspired by a couple different relationships within that um, with partners and um, I'm straight, so date men and the dynamic between women and men, especially in relationships and feeling like women often bear a lot of the emotional weight in a relationship. And so a lot of that is a response to like, okay, I've done the work. I've like carried so much of my own weight and I've worked through things and yet I still feel like I have to carry you too or tell you how to do it. And sort of how most of my songs end is I kind of get to the end and I'm like, well, what's really the answer? I don't know. <laughs> Are we ever really going to agree? Um, so yeah, I guess that's where that one came from. It, do you approach quite, uh, other songs with the sense of uh, um, needing to answer a question you can't answer? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, my, my writing style, I feel like I write from really emotional places. So often I'll just kind of sit down and play and not really think about what's happening and sort of what comes to me comes to me. And then after the fact, I'm like, oh, whoa. Okay. That's what I was trying to say. So I don't really, I rarely go in with an intention of, I want to write this song about this thing that happened. It's just, I get a phrase or something that feels right and then kind of roll with it and then the theme sort of comes out of it and it it definitely is are things that I'm pondering and I'm thinking about but I think they come from like deeper emotional places that are more buried in the subconscious than in the forefront of my mind a lot of your song is quite ethereal like like uh the truth of two and so with, with ethereal music it, it tends to and um uh, the lyrics for ethereal music tends to to being heavier on the negative aspects of, mm. of life because, you know, it's quite dark and mm -hmm. it's, it's, as you said, quite ponderous. Do you find yourself writing about uh, more hardships that you go through or is there is there a lightness to some of the songs you write as well? I wish I could write light, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I so badly want to write a positive song. There's bits and pieces in some of my songs, but overall they are sassy and sarcastic and like sad and from darker places that's just that's just where I feel inspired and what I f I'm a really emotional person and the darker deep stuff is what what comes out I guess do you do you get sad um 
after you've finished writing a song or is it more like a, a weight is lifted off you? Mm. Um, it feels like a weight. Yeah, I think it's a release. I think I process a lot of my own personal experiences through my music. Um, so there's this, it's like, it's like reaching a point it's like it's like if you're going to therapy and you're you're you know you're talking and talking and then your therapist takes you here and you go there and then all of a sudden you come out of it and you're like oh that's what I was that's why I was feeling that way <laughs> that's sort of the feeling it's sort of it it kind of it, yeah I guess it answers a lot of questions or it's sort of a culmination of of these emotions that I don't understand and frustrations um, but simultaneously some of those songs when I there's a couple that when I do play them they take me back to a place that does make me sad. So there is, there is sort of, there's sadness to it, but, um, completing it and getting it out feels good. Does, uh, singing about this and especially in a public space, uh, help process these, these feelings and thoughts and times in your life? Do the more you play mm -hmm. it, the, the easier it gets, or is it always going to have a kind of emotional strain on you when you do play? Um, I think the emotional strain is important in my performance and being able to create a space that feels emotional for the audience because that's kind of my goal is to draw people in and force them to feel things in a world that's constantly trying to numb us. Um, so I, and, and I also feel like the songs are constantly living, like they're always changing. There's things that I've written five years ago that I, that maybe carry a different meaning or I'm noticing there's something else within it. Um, that I didn't notice before. So, did I answer that? I feel like there was another part. That um, I, was uh, I suppose what I was getting to is is are, are the the songs that you write that do still have that kind of emotional burden on you, and you do feel that sadness when you when you sing it. Does playing it live lose uh, lighten that burden mm -hmm. more and more every time, or is it is it kind of constant? Every time you come back to it, you're always going to feel that feeling and in the same strength yeah i don't know maybe in a sense i guess performing is an interesting experience because i for me like i i've never been a performer and when i first started performing i was absolutely terrified so i still to this day i close my eyes the whole time i don't look at anybody i don't make eye contact and so i don't there doesn't it feels like a more of a sacred space for me i'm constantly trying to create home and so I guess there's a there's a freeing in the sense that I don't have to worry about neighbors or anything. I can sort of release in whatever way that I want. But I think I'm still working towards that in my performances because I feel comfortable at home. But then getting on stage, I feel like I'm going to be comfortable and then I'm in front of people. And I'm like, oh, now I have to perform. So I think I'm working towards that. Um, but overall, it does, it does feel like a release. I think being able to express certain things in my mind and certain vulnerabilities that I can't, don't don't have the ability to do in my everyday. Um, there is something really cathartic about that and freeing, I guess. Yeah. Are you only singing about yourself in your songs? Do you, do you read the stories of others or come up with a complete fantasy to write about? Mm. Or, or is it all biographical? It's mostly biographical, yeah, almost 100%. I, w I, I would really like to move towards... Um, I want to push myself creatively and give myself different prompts to write from, but I'm still figuring out, I think for me personally, what, what, where I draw creativity from. And it seems, 
I get writer's block all the time and it just seems like writing from my own experiences. It's just way easier to relate to yourself than to other people. Mm. And that's, I mean, I guess that sounds like an excuse, but you know, the short answer is no, I don't do that. But <laughs> yes, I would like to <laughs> or try one day. Is, is there any particular stories that, that, I mean, you've not really had that experience of being able to write about anyone else yet and you, you know, you're still crafting your own uh, stories. Mm-hmm. For songs, but is there any kind of stories that you have read or anything that has sparked you? And you've gone, oh, that's something I'd really like to talk about in my own words. Mm. I think, well, I've I've always really wanted to write from the point of view of um, people in my family members, particularly the women in my ancestry and the lineage before me. I feel like there's a lot of parts of me that I really wish to understand by understanding where I've come from. And so I feel really drawn to like write from what would my grandmother be thinking or my mother or um, even people beyond that. I mean, on my mom's side of the family, I don't really know too much of the history and I'm really drawn to that. So I think learning about family history and drawing from trying to understand those people and that lineage through retelling some of those stories is where I feel most drawn to, um, rather than retelling a story that I have no connection to. I think mm-hmm. it's really important for me creatively to feel connected in some way, um, and through genetics and through like yeah, my ancestry feels most inspiring. Right, that shared shared experience. Yeah, even yeah. if that experience is decades ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'd love to hear another song. Okay. So we'd like to uh, introduce it and take it away. Um, cool. Well, this one is called Tender Meat. It's the only one that I'm playing tonight that's going to be on my album that I'm finally finishing. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I'll just play it. Painting that it shared 
Ivan May with Tender Meat. Another haunting song. <laughs> I feel like that might be a theme. Uh, so, just before you started playing that song, you mentioned that it was the only one you're going to be playing tonight that's off your new album. And um, I believe the last time we spoke to you, uh, that was still in the works. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I did check your bio on Facebook and it, it mentioned uh, an album coming out in 2018, but don't bother you about it. So... Mm. Tell me I've changed that date so many times. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me about the the from from soup to nuts the album and and uh, how you feel about it coming out soon. Um, I'm really 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 excited at this point. Um, the last you know I started it, I started recording in the fall or winter winter of 2017. Well, 17 18, and I think I had had uh, I just. Thought I was going to be able to get things done a lot faster, but I think I had a lot of life things that kind of came up, a lot of personal work, um, things that I needed to work through, and I, it just, yeah, I don't know. It was it was a slow going and a really emotional process for many reasons, but um, I'm finally tying up the loose ends. I'm actually currently uh, for the next few days out at my friend's house finishing up my vocal recordings, and that's like the last of the tracking that I have to do, um, and. I am going to take a tour this winter, and then when I come back in the spring, release the whole thing. So the tracking is done in the next, like, two weeks. And then my buddy Tom Perro, who is an amazing local musician, my guru and confidant and supporter throughout this whole endeavor, uh, and who is also um, is a very good ear, uh, he's going to be mixing the record. Um, and then some single, a single by the end of the year... One or two more at the beginning, and then the whole thing will come out. Yeah, 
That's like, and that's actually happening now. I'm not just <laughs> making this up anymore. <laughs> the state isn't getting pushed back any further. No, no, no. I mean, I've come out of this. I've come out of this whole this hole that I felt like I've been in for two years for many reasons. You know, I think there was. I started going to therapy, and then you know the Saturn return and all of so many life changes, and now I feel like I've like emerged out of the cave into the light with this newfound understanding of myself and. Just also feeling healthier too, so um, it's nice to have myself back and like the motivation to actually get it done in the way and to the and like to the, of the caliber that I want to do it too. And how have those life events left an imprint on this album? Well, <laughs> gotta be careful what you say on the radio. You know, it's like <laughs> I don't know who's listening, um, but I. A lot of these songs, actually most of the songs were written before most of this stuff happened, but a half of, a good chunk of the songs were written about a relationship that was ending towards, um, that was ending as I was getting into recording. And so I think that, that that had had a huge impact on my ability to record these songs properly and in the way that I wanted to do them, um, just because it was way too tender and close. And so I think in a lot of ways I couldn't finish it until I processed it and moved through it and then could sort of step back and edit them and and think about them from from a really uh, what's the word I'm thinking of I don't know I guess just just a non-emotional place mm. when you're in the thick of it it's like hard to think logically because you're you you just can't do it I and mean, we've all had breakups we've all lost people in our lives that we really cared about and and it's just you, you can't even like when you haven't you can't even find words for those feelings that you're feeling and so I think that that was advantageous in the writing process and I think really helpful for me to think about what I wanted to do with these songs but then moving through it now I was able to like actually do what I wanted to do so I think the process had to happen in the exact the way that it did and I also take my time with things I'm not someone that can just like write a song and then like a month it's out I really need to sit with them and I call it the marinating process where things have to like you know, you pack your chicken and you put all your spices on. It's got to sit in the fridge if you want it to taste right. better. And so I think that's kind of similar with the record too. Yeah. What have been some uh, takeaways for you uh, creating your first album? And I'm assuming at some point you'll create a second. So what are the lessons learned that you will take into that next, that next re record that you make? Oh, man. I have been thinking about this a lot, but I think it's also one of those things I haven't put into words yet, but... Um, I think I've learned a lot about a lot of technical stuff with the recording process. Going into it, never having... I mean, I didn't even start playing music till I was 25. So I didn't... I had no... I have no, no experience with playing gigs, with writing songs, with recording or anything. So I just, like, jumped into doing this massive project. Um, and... I, I think I just had the thought of what like the recording process was, was going to look like. I'm like, we're going to go in the studio, we record these, do these things, and it'll sound like a masterpiece. And then going in and doing it. And then I also had ideas of how things need to be recorded. If it was, you know, it all had to be at one studio or it had to be done by one person. And going through this whole process, I realized that there actually is no one right way to do it at all. And you can do whatever you want that works for you in your process as long as it gets you to how you want it to sound. And so that was a huge, huge learning experience for me, 
feeling like I had to do things a certain way in the ways that I had learned first or been exposed to and then getting into the process and realizing like, oh, that actually doesn't work for me. Um, this works for me. If I'm going to go record vocals, I can't just go into a studio and have a bunch of people watch me do it. I need to go hold myself up in the woods for five days and like shut the door and have nobody bother me. And that's okay. And that can still sound good. Um, so that, I think moving forward, I feel like I can take that and create stuff faster or just, yeah, and with less fear. Like I already have a whole slew of songs that are half recorded on my own because I've learned how to do that. And that feels, that feels really good to not have to rely on as many people, but then also simultaneously understanding how to communicate what I need and like how to work with other people too. Mm, it's like learning the language. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And like, rather than going in and being like, I just want this to be blue, <laughs> <laughs> which like if you're the people that I like to work with are the people that can speak in artistic and colorful terms that get what I'm saying by that but at the same time if you want to be a versatile musician or artist you need to be able how to explain what blue means in mm. terms of like tone and gear and I don't know technical terms so those are the biggest things that I think I've learned yeah or even like royal blue versus aquamarine <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes exactly no that's very true uh you're mentioning um you started playing music at the age of 25 which is a lot of people I talk also to partially false but I'll explain that. okay <laughs> well I, I speak to a lot of people or I've uh, gone to school for music or you know been singing since they were three 25 is is pretty late in the game to to pick up a guitar and start singing what was you what was your impetus in the first place to to, to go about this I'm a hopeless romantic it was a breakup <laughs> 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 but it was a really it was a really uh I mean I have so to backtrack and like I, I, I did grow up playing cello and my mom played guitar around the house growing up and I learned a little bit in high school so I, and I love to sing so like music was around but I wasn't actively learning it um, so I always had a guitar and I would pick it up every couple months and try to learn and then get really frustrated and quit and then and it was but it was always a back burner thing that I'm like man it'd be really cool to do this but I never had the guts or felt like I was good enough to do it and then I was in a relationship with somebody that I thought I was going to marry and have babies with and do the whole life thing. And that kind of, that collapsed. And I sort of was like, well, it's now or never. I'm going to try this now while I still have the opportunity. Or I, I don't want to wake up when I'm 45 or 50 wishing I'd tried something. Um, and it's, it's definitely been really hard to continue to push myself forward and not be obsessed with age because realistically I have been for the last five years but I don't know what it was about turning 30 but I just stopped caring at all and it don't doesn't even matter to me anymore about age and I am doing what I'm doing and I also don't feel the age that I'm supposed to feel whatever that means um so I sort of lost track of the, of the question where were we going with that well just your your story into oh, yeah, creating music why? yeah so yeah and so I just I just I don't know I went from following being a farmer and a chef and I just quit it all and I was like, no, I'm going to be a musician. We're going to do this. And that's what I've been doing since 25. <laughs> Still hopelessly romantic. <laughs> Still hopelessly romantic, yes. Yes, I think that's important in art is to, to be in touch with your emotional side though, you know. Sacrifice everything for it. Mm, yeah, mostly. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so uh, you said that with this uh, this new album, you got a tour first and I did notice you got quite a few gigs 
outside the state. So tell me a little bit about the tour, and then also talk to me a little bit about playing music in your in your like backyard in Burlington versus <laughs> playing music um, out of state. Um, yeah. So I one of the two goals that I had when I started this playing music is I, was, I said I want to record a record and I want to go travel around the country and go on a tour in my own car and just go adventure. I love to travel. I've never traveled outside this country. I've only traveled through the U.S., but I really love exploring this place. I love getting to know it. It is so incredibly diverse. If you have never hopped in a car and just drove into like the deep corners and just go meet people and explore, you have to do it because there's so many amazing people that it's so worthwhile knowing and understanding the dynamics of this, co this country as well. Um, because Vermont, I mean, there's people in Alabama that don't even know Vermont exists as a state. So to give you that, that frame of mind. Um, so that's, that's been a huge goal of mine. So I'm finally, with the album finishing and just with the timeline of everything, it makes sense to do her first. But I, um, yeah, I'm just going to leave the snow. So I'm heading south as quickly as possible and west and then going up the west coast and spending some extended periods of time in southwest and LA and these places that I think I've really wanted to connect with friends I've met or people I haven't met yet in different cities and also just see nature and and yeah different places um playing here compared to out of state I really I'm really excited to play in new places I've really only toured in New England very minimally but I love playing for crowds that have never heard my music before I'm not as, I don't carry this feeling as much as I used to, but I just felt like people would get really annoyed with my songs because I play the same ones over and over and over again. But the reality is I'm the one that gets annoyed because as much as I feel like people hear it all the time, they hear a song once a month, maybe if they come to every show of mine, and I hear it every day when I play it. So, But it is it does feel a little bit easier to sort of dig into the song and the emotional sense of it if I know I'm playing to a room of people that have never heard it before. Mm. And so it's kind of cool to share something with people that don't know you and just have like a platform to present yourself. I'm really bad at small talk. So if like I do this and then like can meet people, like there's like at least something that we can relate <laughs> on or I feel like I can present myself in a way that feels a little bit more protective, like mm -hmm. the stage and the barrier. It's almost, even though there's nothing there, there's a barrier. The space is the barrier, so... Um, and I like playing at home though, because it's, it's homey. I mean, at this point I've been playing for five years here. And so there's a couple venues and spaces that used to be really scary, but are now an extension of my home. And so I feel like I can be on stage and be goofy and sassy and like, just feel like I'm playing to family, I guess. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're special in different ways. Is there any uh, place in particular around here that's your favorite? Um, the Radio Bean and the Lamp Shop are partially because I worked there and started working there right around the same time that I started playing music. And so I really felt like I learned a lot and got to meet a lot of musicians and see more music than I ever would have seen on my own, by my own volition. Mm. Like there's so many between the, all I learned, all the things you don't want to do, all the things you want to do. I mean, you don't go see shows that you think are going to be bad but I got to see that. So I felt like that was actually a really good learning experience to just inundate myself with so much live music that it, it helped me shape what I'm doing or what I try to do on stage. Um, and then the space is just really, 
it's really inviting and really warm and a really good space for a musician to incubate themselves. And like people show up because I know there's always music. The space is really funky. It doesn't feel sterile like a business. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just a really, it's, it's a really comfortable place to play. Yeah. I feel like uh, Lamp Shop and Radio Bean has incubated a lot of musicians and especially those that have actually worked there. there seem, yeah. every, every person that works there <laughs> seems to have be a musician or be very closely linked to music. Yeah, there's a lot of artists. I mean, you can't really exist in that space as an employee if you don't have an appreciation for mm -hmm. art or can exist with a certain level of like chaos mm -hmm. and I think artists are a little more likely to do that so I think that's why artist types gravitate towards there but um yeah you're not wrong <laughs> well it's been wonderful having you on yeah, um thank you. thank you so much for joining us uh, before you go do you want to plug away any dates around here and um mm -hmm. and any social media you've got Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, well, social media, you can just search Iva May. IvaMay.com is my website, but at IvaMayMusic is my Instagram. If you go to my website, there's links to Facebook, Instagram. I don't touch Twitter. Um, I have stuff on Spotify. But yeah, follow me there to see what I'm up to. Um, and I do have a show next, wait, what is it? Next, fr next Friday, October 4th at the Lamp Shop of all places, um, 7.30 to 8.30. Um, and then I think that's it on the books right now. Oh, I'm doing October 10th. I'm really excited about this show. I'm doing a Donny Hathaway tribute set uh, at Sidebar. There's a Nicholas Tito of the Red Newts is putting together this new series that's pretty cool called Twang and Boogie that's uh, just paying homage to Americana blues, soul, any like American roots music. Um, so Ian of Wild League River is doing a solo set. I think the Red, New the Red Newts are playing. And then myself with a smattering of local musicians are going to play a bunch of Donny Hathaway songs. So that should be, that's on Thursday, October 10th. Um, but I think that's it so far. And when can we expect this album? <sighs> Spring 2020. Spring 2020. That's my year. 2020 is going to be my I'm year. I'm holding that. I'm holding to this <laughs> you should, one. You should. You can. You can. <laughs> well, um, been lovely having you on, as I've said. Uh, what song have you got to play us out with? Well, I have one. I have a medley. Do I have enough time to play? Oh, you've got, you've got plenty. A medley? Okay, cool. I'm going to do that. These are... Um, first one's called Moon Shadow, and it leads into a song called Underheard. Shine
Shadow and Under Hurt there by Ava May. Thank you so much for coming in. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And anytime, and especially when the new album comes out, please come back on again. Oh, for sure. 
Next week, we've got Jason Baker and I'm told uh, potentially someone else. We're working on it, according to Bob. Uh, so catch me then. Uh, this has been your host on Proxa. It's been The Rocket Shop and good night. <laughs>